1: Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host, and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. There's nothing quite like a face-to-face conversation with your teammates, during the sales process, with your customers. But we all know that face-to-face isn't always possible. Like when your customers and prospects are across the country or across the world or your product is the size of an elephant, or your team's size or capacity is limited and you can only be in so many places at once. Obviously, over the last few years, video conferencing technology like Zoom and Teams have become regular tools in all of our tool sets and have made it easier to see someone's face while you hear their voice. In my opinion, that's been a game changer. But a vast majority of those Zoom or Teams calls happen in conference rooms, at your desk, or from some corner of your house that you now refer to as your home office. How many of you have ever conducted or participated in a product demo directly from the shop floor inside of a manufacturing facility? Imagine the power of standing next to a piece of machinery and answering a prospect's questions on a sales call, or leading a product training session for a new customer right there inside of your manufacturing facility, on camera. My guest today has figured all of this out, and it's changed his business forever. He's here to teach you how to do it. So let me introduce him. Chip Royce owns a small piece of marketing history. He joined his first internet startup in 1994 and bought the very first keyword search ad on Yahoo in 1997. That keyword was golf. Since then, Chip has worked with high-growth ventures and Fortune 500 companies in content publishing, internet infrastructure, SaaS, and hardware. In 2014, Chip started Flywheel Advisors, helping early and mid-stage companies, consumer and B2B, listen to customers and leverage their feedback, driving growth and scale. Chip, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. I'm really happy to be with you today. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you here and there's no way I'm going to start this episode without asking you first about that line in your bio about you buying the first ever keyword search ad on Yahoo. So, please, stage is yours.
2: Well, first of all, if everybody who's had to endure placing search advertising and deal with everything, please don't blame me. I didn't I'm not the fault. I'm sure somebody else would have come up with the idea eventually, but it was pretty funny. I uh so going back to college, I was a pre-law poli sci major. And realized by my junior year that i was really cut out for doing legal work and and sort of had an entrepreneurial marketing bent so after working for a consulting firm for a couple years out of college i landed with a startup in 1994 that was backed by america online that that created golf communities things that are ubiquitous today but back then were pretty radical so we published all sorts of information features and news and it was really neat you know publishing it both for america online and for the web but after we built the websites and brought it to the web you know we need to build an audience so i was out placing advertising you know all the possible places but back then what were search en- what are now search engines were search directories and yahoo was the most prolific so we would place advertising we display ads all over the pages golf and other areas but you know when you looked at it the only placements that really had value were those that were centered around golf. And a large part of our advertising spend was sort of being wasted. So I sat down with their, their ad team and I said, look, I love working with you guys, but I just feel like you know, there are other opportunities to, to spend our money more wisely. And I'm seeing this box at the top of the page. You know, It says I could type in the word golf, but no ads are targeted against that. Is there something we could do there? Could I buy that placement? And funny enough, they, they looked, you know, this was on the phone, so they didn't really look at me, but they sort of could tell this sort of dead air. And they're like, that sounds like a good idea. We can't do it today, but can we get back to you? And about three, four months later, in early 1997, I got the call saying, hey, we figured this out. You know, we can give it to you and a couple advertisers. And I'm like, great, finally. So, you know, better use of my ad spend.
1: Man, that is so wild. It's, it's, I was so you know I you and I had a call to prep for this conversation, and I didn't notice this until a couple of days ago when I was you know preparing for this and getting your bio set. So had to hear that story, but that that is just crazy. I'm I turned forty this past year, and I can remember using Yahoo as my primary search mechanism, like when I was in high school and getting on my AOL dial up and. And if I was lucky, getting Yahoo to even load, I could use it at school. But that—that's pretty cool. That is a—that is a, a story I'm sure you've told many times, and uh, and
2: will well into the future. Yeah, it was it was a great time, and and it's funny everything comes around again. And we'll invest in in display ads, and then we'll go back to search ads, and then we'll just do content syndication again, and whatever's old is new again. So it makes it fun.
1: Or Yahoo, I, somewhere they somewhere they missed the mark <laughs> along the way, and Google snuck in there, and the rest was history. But it's pretty funny. Well, very good. Well, Chip, while well, we could probably do a whole episode about that, what uh, <laughs> what I brought you in here to talk about sort of stemmed from, I don't even remember what, if it was my post on LinkedIn or somebody else's and I commented, but you, you had a comment in there about how for a while now you've been doing live video demos on camera in kind of a manufacturing setting And I'm not talking about software demos here where you share your screen. We've all been on plenty of those and you're looking at, you know, the piece of software on a screen. But I'm talking about physical product demos where you have cameras set up in a room and lighting and... I mean, you mean, know, people are mic'd up and you're standing next to a product. And this is something that I've actually thought about for some of our, our customers before, but I've never really seen somebody do it or at least do it effectively. And so I had to bring you on here to talk in depth about this because I think it is such an opportunity for, you know, we at Gorilla, my client base is a variety of different you know, manufacturing types of companies from OEMs with you know, huge CapEx equipment to companies manufacturing smaller products to contract manufacturers. And I just think that, in most of those situations, the the power of having a live video demo has got to be a phone call. And so, anyway, I, I'll stop there. I would love for you to just sort of start by painting a picture for our listeners of what exactly we're talking about here.
2: Yeah. So, so long story short, the product is a 3D printer that costs five thousand dollars. Its customer base are manufacturing companies, everything from small businesses to medium sized metal shops. Up to large aerospace companies, military use, government use, automotive manufacturers, and the like, even armament manufacturers. The company is Fusion Three. They were a client of mine starting in 2014. From 2018 to 2022, I actually stepped in and was full-time CEO with the company. But my primary mission in that whole was sales and marketing, and how do we scale this business that was bootstrapped? Started out when I got involved with you know maybe $250,000 a year run rate. We took it into the high seven figures. But a great product to a very unique customer base, right? If you think about most manufacturing folks, engineers, manufacturing floor folks, you know, they're technical, right? And not only that, the 3D printing industry is sort of interesting because they've either had use of very expensive industrial products that cost, you know, 50 to $150,000, or they've dealt with sort of kit printers, things they built themselves. And of course, for an engineer, that's pretty fun. So here we are with a value prop saying, hey, we're selling a $5,000 3D printer. It rivals 80% of what that $150,000 machine can do. You got to check it out. Well, when we would call, and you know, so we started doing the selling, right? We started to work with customers and they'd say, they'd be a little incredulous. Are you really able to deliver that $5,000 experience? They would be concerned, would it work for my particular application? Or they were, look, I've, I've designed... Mechanical systems myself. How did you do it? How do I know that this is robust enough for commercial use? Well, we could talk about it to a blue in the face. We would print parts off of our machines so that they would get tangible validation. We'd even you know do some videos, recorded videos or or tear sheets like everybody else does. But what we found was really compelling was the ability to show people the product in real time. Now, of course, we all get trade shows to do it, and that's awesome. But think of the infrequency you know is a trade show appropriate or nearby somebody the whole nine yards well what we ended up turning to before it was really cool today was zoom and in 2016 we actually set up our first set it was a a supply you know wire cage set up on our manufacturing floor we put black drapes around it we took a computer with one webcam a few lights just to make it bearable and would Arrange for customers one-off basis these one-hour product demos where we just run the product from start to finish. You know, had a general flow and let customers ask questions along the way.
1: That's great. You, you kind of beat the wave too. You know, and so normal to just everybody be on video. I mean, the way we are are talking right now. But you were about four years ahead of that, it sounds like, and doing it. You know, not just for face-to-face conversations, but with an actual product, uh, which I think is great. I think you you're going to get few arguments, very few arguments for people that being in a room face to face with somebody where you have your product there is is always going to beat a phone call or, or of course beat email or that sort of communication. How does this get a, just a step closer to that, and how much more impactful did you find it was than just the the typical sales conversation?
2: Oh, absolutely powerful because I think there's so many. Objections or concerns. You know, you're a newer company. I've never seen the product. There's the old adage in in business, you never get fired, you know, buying IBM, right? People would always fall back to the tried and true things they're familiar with. So you had to sort of break through that unfamiliarity and get people comfortable. Also, uh, you know, another weird part of my background. Previously, I'd worked for Dell PCs and actually ran their TV shopping business. So I already had experience dealing with physical products. In mass marketing, so I would actually go occasionally on T- QVC or some of the other sh- TV shopping channels, and so I had a feel for how do you present, how do you put these things forward, and sort of tell a compelling story without being overtly commercial. You know, talking to its its capabilities, the value, the future state someone will be in, and having the product. So what it do for us was pretty profound, right? It it helped uh, improve our close rates. It helped build credibility in our brand with customers. So we were we saw clearly a thirty to forty percent uptick. Consistently, and our close rate for those people who come to the sales demos is two to three x what our base business does. I mean, we're going to eighty to ninety percent of the people who come to a demo do buy versus our traditional thirty to forty of, percent of a quote that we get online.
1: I mean, there you go; it's in the numbers, right? And it's, it's not it's not surprising to me either. It's you think of being able to physically see something at the same time that you're having a human-to-human conversation. You know, you'll know, you probably see a lot of companies that may be recording videos, which is great, by the way, like yeah. having pre-recorded stuff to live on your website and YouTube and to be able to distribute in social, et cetera. But when you can all of a sudden, and, and probably you should have both, right? You, somebody may see that and say, okay, I, wanna, I don't really know how, if this works for me or how does this apply to my situation where I'm trying to accomplish A or B or C, or I have these problems, and then they're already informed about it, but now they can... Talk to a human being and watch that problem actually, you know, being addressed. It's yeah, very powerful, very cool.
2: We would walk somebody through a print from start to finish, and what's neat is that you get customers with different needs. They may have a specific feature that that's important to them, so you can deep dive into that. So we started with that cage, I said in 2016, but it evolved over three or four about four durations now to where we have a dedicated 20 by 10 foot set, as professionally lit as we can possibly do four different high-res webcams that'll up to a PC that runs, I think, a better service than Zoom. Another provider does near 4K transmission, but it's also interactive. That's the really cool thing. Customers can either have their webcam on like we're doing now, or they can call in, or they can be, you know, like they can use the phone if that's a better audio method and while they're watching their computer, but really gives them to see what's going on. If they want to focus on, you know, how did you build this? Because again, that hobbyist type says, oh, I try to build one of these. What, what did you do better than I did? And and for somebody with an engineering mechanical background, you know that's one of the best ways to convince them that we've done it right, and it's a machine that they'd like to own.
1: I think it's great. Well, Chip, our audience is made up of you know probably a variety of different manufacturing types, OEMs, contract manufacturers, distributors, robotics companies, etc. Your product is. Fairly compact, it's five hundred dollars price point, et cetera. I'm sorry, five thousand dollars price point.. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just kind of curious, from your perspective, like you know you've seen this work, and how do w- w- in what settings do you think this maybe work would work well versus others where you think it could be more challenging to ha- have this live demo type of setup?
2: I was thinking and anticipating this question earlier, and I don't think it's as hard as you'd think. First of all, what I think people don't realize is the investment isn't a lot to go do this, right You're talking about uh, I would say five thousand dollars of equipment, and if you have the opportunity to set up a dedicated space, you know it's it's the intangible opportunity cost of carving off a conference room or something. There's definitely some artistry in getting it set up. Lighting's unique. you know if you have windows in a room, you'd be surprised as the day brightens and darkens how it'll affect your lighting and But once a, a group gets their hands and, and is able to to understand how things change, they'd find again, low expense, high repeatability and and our system, the way I do it, it literally requires one person at a PC with two screens, some basic software that once you have configured works great and they're able to do very powerful capabilities through this and present it. Now, again, anticipating that this conversation, I was thinking to myself, well, what if they have a big pipe bending machine that they wanna demo? That's obviously not as easy, right? But there are ways to do the same relatively low impact method I'm talking about, but using webcams that are a little more expensive, but can do some wild things. So think of the security cameras that you might see that there's sort of a dome and there's a a camera in there. Well, there are, are similar version cameras. They call it PTZ. I forget what it is, but it's basically two zoom. That's what the TZ stands for. And so you could, hypothetically, let's say you had a floor where you actually run these pipe bending machines and they're permanent, right? Because they're a million dollars, they take forklifts or, or massive to move. You can mount these on pillars, right? And be able to move the camera to a particular location on your floor and zoom in and say, hey, here's the pipe bending machine. Let me take you on a tour of it. And you might require a second person because obviously if you're walking around wearing a little wireless mic to your folks with a little monitor in front of you so that you can interact with them. You can't control the PC necessarily, but it doesn't mean that a second team member or marketing person couldn't sit there. These PTZ cameras are fantastic because they're robotic. So they will swivel around to whatever you need to show. Of course, if you've rehearsed and talked it out, you'll certainly know what you're trying to accomplish. Some of them have up to 10X optical zoom. So think about that camera you've got with a big long zoom lens. This thing would be able to, again, at high high visual quality, high production quality, you'll be able to protect your brand, but deliver a really neat experience to folks. So provided people can actually see the machine and there's value in it, I think there's a tremendous opportunity to do a variety of things.
1: Yeah, I love that. I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, you could you could literally just have these things mounted in the right places in your facility and make it part of your operations to do this kind of thing. So I think that that's probably the biggest question I had coming into this is like, okay, well, it makes sense when you can pick up your printer and carry it into a conference room and set up next to it. But in those, yeah, I mean, when you got a million dollar piece of equipment or or whatever, that thing's not going anywhere. So
2: yeah, that that's pretty cool. It's very much about the event design and saying, okay, what are the kind of things we'd want to show? Mm-hmm. And whether it's a small item or, again, this, this factory floor, as long as you know what you would be trying to shoot and you've practiced it, it's quite doable. So, for instance, the software is really easy. It's almost similar to what a, a TV station would use, except it's super easy to actually, for you and I as novices, to use. And they literally could punch in camera three, and all of a sudden, there it is. And They can use a virtual joystick and zoom into it. And then cut back to the, the speaker or cut over even to a PowerPoint slide and say, okay, well, let's go through the features of our product now. I love that.
1: Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Mary, take it away.
3: Yes. So I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Mary Keo. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. Right now, we have a group of 50 plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations. We meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic, and one of our team members at Gorilla 76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to get better at a manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value. No cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. Oh, and on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where our attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together all week long between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there.
1: We were talking before we, we hit record here and you had a, some videos, like some examples of one of these live demos in action. And a lot of our, our listeners right now are, are going to be hearing this via audio as a podcast, but we'll make sure to, to clip out some of this so you can see it later. But maybe you could just be real descriptive and sort of talking about what you're showing in this example. So we, our listeners could get a sense for what's sort of possible and how something like this might play out.
2: Absolutely. And what's neat is I actually run my whole Zoom when I do video Meetings with people. I still run my video through the same software that I've told you about here. But it's got some really neat things. So for instance, I can throw a graphic on the screen as I'm about ready to get another screen going. And now we switched over to a second monitor. And I'm going to start the video. This is actually a recording of of one of the sales demos I was telling you about. But what's neat here is that by toggling between the presentation mode and different cameras, you know, your salesperson now can be showing. demonstrating in this case the sales presenter is showing some components of the printer that were actually used for handling and and it's not actually part of what's running, but is able to demonstrate some of the features of of, in this case the uh, fusion three 3D printers print head. While if for the folks who can't see it, in the background is the live view of the video and the printer actually running with one of the robotic cameras that I told you about. But I can skip ahead and as here you can see a second shot so we have in this case fusion 3 has a video camera that's up above the 3d printer actually can zoom in but again transition and professionally really put together a great video presentation that a single person and a single salesperson can run and interact with the audience at the same time so for instance the salesperson is now showing off the what we call the filament bay but this is the the mechanism that feeds plastic into the system, and is able to answer customer questions as they go through that.
1: Yeah, that's super powerful. We'll we'll make sure to post a link in the show notes to what the video of what Chip was just talking through, so everybody can kind of see that for some additional context. But I think if you watch that, anybody listening, you can start to imagine how that could play out in your own setting. What might need to be different in your manufacturing setting? But there's just a lot of possibilities there. So Chip. Next thing I want to ask you about here, I mean, I'm sure some people listening are thinking like, okay, this all sounds really intimidating in theory. It's it's great. Others are probably thinking, yeah, we need to start doing this and you know, let's just go set up a webcam and go. And it's probably some middle <laughs> ground between those two things in terms of, you know, you want the video to be professional. You want to look buttoned up. I think we've all seen enough.
2: Exactly. You
1: know, homemade iPhone videos that were the lighting was sometimes just the lighting and the audio make all the difference, but Talk, talk about, you know, how do you find that balance between not having to set up a Hollywood production studio, but also not just kind of coming out of the gate and filming something on your iPhone? Like, what, what, what do you need? What are the key pieces of equipment? What You know, you've mentioned sort of a baseline investment you want to make. I'd love to hear your perspective on all this.
2: I agree. I'm a big fan of, of making sure that whenever you do various marketing activities that you're putting your brand forward. I think the internet gives everybody the opportunity to seem as professional, as with it, as big as they can execute to. The flip side is I don't think you want to, as you're learning to do this, you you need to overdo it because at the end of the day, it's also about the sales results, right? You know, if you're able to get great results with the right amount of effort that protects your brand, you know, why not go for it? And then look how to make incremental improvements along the way. So for somebody starting out, whether it's a large product, again, a manufacturing floor type thing or something smaller, a a dedicated PC, of course, a very high speed internet connection that doesn't have any lag or buffer is going to be super important. As I said, our setup has two monitors because it allows you to control the video aspects in one monitor and have a second monitor for a presentation or anything else you're doing. And then two high quality, at least 1080p, if not 4K webcams. And when I say 1080p or 4K, I mean the video resolution on them. And we're seeing a really neat evolution today in the quality of the cameras that are available and their ability to handle lighting well. Early webcams were really bad for uh, requiring a ton of light to give you any kind of a, of a good image. But the sensors, they're starting to put real sort of like Sony camera sensors in the latest generation of these. So it allows you to to get and capture very good quality video. Uh, In fact, if you wanna cover it later, I mean, I think there's a lot of use of these studios, not just for this, but for other applications. There's just some software that does have a little bit of a learning curve to configure, but once you've mastered it, once you've got your audio levels right, you know, because you'll have a couple, like you can have the clip on or wireless microphones. And if you're interacting with people, you'll also have an earpiece or you just might even walk around with a combination USB headset with microphone because if customers have questions, you'll want to interact with them. But once you have these pieces and it's set up, being able to run the system over whether it's Zoom or one of the higher end webinar packages, which costs no more than about $100 a month, is absolutely a great way to go. The one that I'm really enamored with, it's called Livestorm. And what's really great about it is it not only handles great video quality, it not only is really easy to use, it actually helps you ensure great attendance. So similar to some of the calendaring software, when somebody signs up, they get a, a set cadence of reminders. So, hey, your webinar that you signed up for is coming up in an hour. It's starting in 15 minutes because we're all busy, right? So we get into our day, it's very easy to get distracted and miss these. But if you have the reminders that are built into the system that I like, you're going to get a much better attendance result. And then of course, we talked about the sales benefits, You know, when people come
1: great, Chip. You started to kind of hint at this a second ago, but you know, most of our conversation today has been in the context of live sales demos. But I know you've repurposed the space you've set up, just the whole the medium of a, a live video conversation for other applications within your
2: company. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, uh, and that's the cool thing is once you have this infrastructure, the payoff I think is is fantastic. So we not only use it for sales at fusion three but we've evolved it also to the customer support function and there's two ways that that can happen first of all just like we have regularly scheduled sales demos we have regularly scheduled training classes this is something we started up probably a year or two years after we started doing the sales demos at fusion three and it was fantastic right because now you've got customers much better informed the type of people who don't like to read the manual or are visual learners now have an opportunity and the way we structured it is we'd had, it, it's now evolved to about a two hour class unpacking, getting set up, first use, if potential issues you could encounter, because again, these are, these are manufacturing tools. They're not automatic appliances. Mm-hmm. So the more you can do two things. One is get the customer in the mindset of the product and, and how it works, but what they need to think about. And then the actual proper use and troubleshooting. The payoffs are dramatic, customer satisfaction through the roof, reduction in customer support incidents. You're able to take it from I'm solving problems to enabling you to get the most out of the product when you do have those customer support issues. The other neat thing is that our support team will occasionally use the studio to actually use for troubleshooting and diagnosis. So a customer may come in into a one-on-one meeting with them in the studio where they've got the camera on their machine, we've got a camera on our machine. And they'll say, okay, here's the issue I'm seeing. And what, especially when you have phone-based support, it's pretty difficult to do. So the opportunity to say, okay, I'm able to see here, what you're seeing and hearing is really powerful for the customer support experience. And then the ability to show them, okay, here's how you're gonna do the repair. Let's replace this together on my machine for you to be able to do, because that's again, our the support mode for Fusion 3 the other benefit of having the studio is is what you alluded to there is absolute value in being able to produce videos and how to service your machine and what have you if you've ever been through that before where you have to hire an outside video crew or what have you it's it's either expensive or it's not something you're going to do as often as you'd like because you're not really in that rhythm but when you have the dedicated space and you have the dedicated assets and you as a team sort of develop the hey, here's how we'll go do it. It's not easy, right? You've got, to, you've got to learn, okay, how are we going to stage it? How are we going to get set, cameras set up? How are we going to record it? Preparation is nine-tenths of it. How do you script it out and plan your shots? But once you have and you've you've gone into that rhythm, having the studio is absolutely fantastic because you are capturing high-quality video that you'd be proud to put on YouTube, especially now that it's well-lit, showing your product in the right the right tone all of a sudden your your marketing and sales efforts are bolstered by the ability to to create great content that goes along with your product
1: yeah there's so much powerful stuff there i mean i we have a videographer in house and we're a marketing agency and so we we do a lot of video work for our clients but we don't really you know our clients are all over the country and we we don't have a we, although we have an office, you know, Nick, my videographer, he's got all this crazy equipment. And anytime we want to do something for ourselves, it winds up being okay. Nick's going to come in the day before and get everything <laughs> set up, and all the lighting, and his two cameras, and you know, yeah, the light boxes. He'll have you know a couple mics ready to go, one on a boom and one to you know on a the lavalier mic. And if he's filming me talking, it'll it'll take a half hour, hour to get everything you know kind of configured. And I'm just thinking, man, the power of being able to just walk into a room and start versus having to do that constantly. I mean, you can think of the other applications, not just filming your product, but being able to do like subject matter expert interviews inside your company and like having all that stuff on high quality video, bringing a few customer in and doing a testimonial from time to time. Or, you know, if you got a customer coming on site with you, it's like, can we get you in here and just film you for 10 minutes to ask a few questions about what it was like to work with us or the impact. And So I think having that stuff ready to go and being familiar you're uncomfortable with the technology there's so many ways you can use that yeah for marketing to sales to customer service and support so i, I really love it
2: yeah no I, I absolutely agree it's not the easiest thing to do but once you're in that rhythm i think it's it's immensely powerful and you'll also figure out when you get the results too what are the things that pay off for it
1: absolutely well, chip is there anything i didn't ask you about today that you'd like to add to the conversation
2: not necessarily. Actually, I got to tell you, I've just always been impressed with with the work that you all have done at your agency there. In fact, I was this morning listening to one of your previous podcasts, the gentleman who was also in the additive manufacturing space was Aris, I believe. I really enjoyed that immensely. And I just think you guys provide a great platform for an industry that doesn't get as much of the sexiness and, and assistance that it, it would get if it were in software as a service or artificial intelligence. but I've just totally enjoyed my experience in working with with the manufacturing industry, especially with all the things that we need to do here in the United States to grow that and build out capabilities that we've sort of neglected over the years. So again, appreciate all your help and happy to help folks too if they feel that this whole video thing is, is a bit, if they recognize the value, but they're a bit intimidated, this is something with my business, Flywheel Advisors, that started to do was helping folks with Coming up with the ideation and the implementation of, of these product video setups. And also just when, if they have sales forces or, or marketing teams that are out interacting with customers, how to use these same concepts in their home office like we see here and be able to put their best foot forward and, and really get an advantage for sales and marketing through the sort of virtual presence.
1: Well, I hope people take you up on conversation about that and uh, you know, it's certain good to know it's a service that, that you offer at Flywheel cuz I think there's a lot of value there and I think I think 10 years from now it's going to be the norm and you're kind of out ahead of it here and I think anybody listening has a chance to get out ahead of it inside their businesses. I I'm I'm going to be looking for applications within our our client base to make that intro to you as well, because I think it's, man, just such a powerful concept. So well, I appreciate okay. you, you sharing all this today, Chip. Lots of great nuggets in here. I'm sure it's sparked all kinds of ideas. Where can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing here?
2: Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I'm on LinkedIn. My name's Chip Royce, R-O-Y-C-E. My company's Flywheel Advisors, flywheeladvisors.com. So please feel free to reach out and on my website you can grab 15 minutes with me and and grab a meeting and they help you any way I can even if it's just pointing people down the right direction to make the the best choices around this.
1: Love that. Well,
2: Chip, thanks for doing this today. I appreciate it. Joe, it's always a pleasure if I can help in the future, let me know.
1: We'll do. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive.